Spin 103.8. You're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren. Now, as I said just before the song, but I'll say it again just in case people are on their lunch break or maybe you're collecting kids from Crasher School, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the changes you can expect after having a baby. So for the next 20 minutes or so, it might be just a little uncomfortable, just be warned. But if you want to get involved in the conversation, as always, I'd love to hear from you. 087-711-1038. You can text or WhatsApp. Now, Rachel and I had great ideas about what we were going to call this section and what we were going to put up on Facebook. Um, So you are going to hear the word vagina a lot in the next few minutes. But thankfully, there was a professional on hand to tell us that, no, we're actually going to educate people and empower people today. So we're not going to say anything too scary. And that professional is Avian McGreal. She's a women's physiotherapist. Is that the right way to say it? Yeah. uh, You know what? Women's health physio, men's health physio, pelvic physio. There's loads of ways to say it. Okay. Yeah, women's health is what we're talking about today. Exactly. Though. And I was saying before the song there, some of the changes, some of the things that people maybe wish they had known before they had a baby because there's lots of things people don't talk about. Absolutely. It's kind of like this private little, you know, room that nobody lets you into until afterwards. And even at that point, the information isn't out there. So really, really want to get it out there today if we can. Okay, well, tell me a bit about you, Avian, and what you do. Okay, so as we said, I'm a pelvic or women's health physiotherapist. I work in Newbridge in private practice and I work in the Beacon Hospital. Uh, And in the Beacon, I work very closely with the gynecologists, the urologists uh, on site and the colorectal guys. So bladder, bowel, sexual function, all of that stuff. Um, And I also work over there with Evie, which is an antenatal care provider um, based in Sandyford as well. So I see all the antenatal, postnatal uh, ladies too. So um, that's what I do. Got into it from being a musculoskeletal physio and thinking I'm going to be treating rugby teams and, you know, rubbing out sore hamstrings and then bit by bit realised, actually, no, I'm going to empower women and I'm going to work in Yeah, it's something you're very passionate about because, like we said, there there isn't a huge amount of information out there or maybe people don't know where to go to find that information. Completely. So... Look, I would imagine, because I haven't had any babies, but I would imagine that everything is a bit different after you have a baby. Completely, completely. Um, So what we want to do is empower women that they understand this type of thing beforehand. And I think we kind of go, well, we don't want to frighten women um, and and make them think that, you know, everything's going to break. But that's not what it's about. It's just knowing that changes happen to your pelvic floor and we can then address those changes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know a woman who hasn't had a baby that hasn't said the words afterwards. I wish I'd done my pelvic floor exercises more regularly. So what does that even mean? Yeah, so you're, what they're talking about there is the kegels, okay? Your pelvic floor squeezes where you're trying to imagine that you're stopping the flow of wee or stopping yourself passing wind. But you have to imagine that you're in a bank, you're in white trousers and you don't want somebody to see you clenching your bum cheeks, okay? okay. So it's really the internal muscles. Um, but kegels are only one part of the entire pelvic health physio assessment and treatment. Uh, because sometimes the pelvic floor might not just be weak and slack, it might actually be really tight and tense. So yes, kegels are really, really important, but if people have been working on those at home, Lauren, and go, uh, this isn't working, there's something really wrong with me, that might not be the case. They just might need to fine-tune things. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about some of the issues that people might um, encounter after having a baby mm-hmm. that they didn't think about before. Okay, sure. So urinary incontinence, okay? So that's leaking either stress incontinence, which is leaking on laughing, coughing, sneezing, running, jumping, or urge incontinence. And that is more like the type of person who knows where every toilet is and they have to wee just before they leave the house. And if they don't get to the toilet on time, that's when they might leak, okay? So two types of incontinence. And you can have a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Okay. Okay. 
Um, but the thing about this, it's not only pregnancy and postnatal women who'll have this. About 20% of people without having babies can have urinary incontinence too. But after having a baby, in the first three months, over half of all women will experience some of this. Okay. And that's just not spoken about. I mean, you know, and if it is, it's kind of in a way, you know, women tend to laugh it off a bit and it's like the ads on TV of an oops moment and here's a nice pad that you can wear to sort it out. And I really don't think that's sorting it out. We have to get to it from the, the okay. muscles. Yeah. Um, so what can you do about that? Okay, so uh, like with all of this stuff, having an assessment of the pelvic floor to see what's going on, but even having a good chat first of all and going, right, what are the symptoms? Is it stress incontinence? So is it because of impact and running or coughing or that? Or is it urge incontinence? Like is your bladder actually only holding 50 mils and you're running in and out to the toilet all the time? Because the bladder is an organ of habit. So we really need the bladder to be kind of taught to hold a little bit more if it's urgency. So... An assessment, like I'm, the, my answer for all of this is going to be like an assessment, an assessment, okay. because that is key. Um, but like it, for 70% of women with stress incontinence, physio and pelvic floor focused physio will work. Okay. So yeah, for lots of the things that we're going to go through now, mm-hmm. you need an assessment or maybe a bit more information. So the next one is a scary word, prolapse. Yes. And I have written a blog before that is called like prolapse. Don't panic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because really it's not something to panic over. I have some prolapse. I can't believe I just said that on radio, but I do because 50% of women who have had a baby will have prolapse. Okay. there, As you say, changes will happen to the pelvic floor, but it's not something scary. And Prolapse is a bit like a big spectrum and it can be really severe and that's probably what you're thinking if of. If you where, Google image it, that's oh what yeah, you'll probably let's, see. Let's just not Google image prolapse. Okay. okay? <laughs> <laughs> because basically, um, yeah, it can be really severe and it can be like comp- complete like uterine prolapse where the womb comes right down and you have a bulge coming out of the vagina. And yes, that can happen. Uh, but it can also be a really, really mild amount of prolapse. And that's probably what we're going to see in most women is mild prolapse. And they come in going, oh my God, I have a prolapse. Is everything going to fall out? And the answer is no. no. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> the only thing that was meant to come out of it is a baby and that's out now. Everything else is going to stay where it's yeah. supposed to. As long as you, you know, take into account a few different things to mind it, to strengthen your pelvic floor um, and, to, you know, to make sure that you're not doing things that are going to make it worse. So like, for example constipation how you sit on the toilet and do a poo you know you do that a lot more often than you push out a baby okay right. so how you do that is actually vitally important to avoid prolapse and I see people with prolapse who've never had babies too okay okay so we teach people how to poo wow <laughs> Lauren you're shocked is there a slideshow on that <laughs> um, okay so incontinence at the other end now let's talk a bit about that while so we're ba- talking about yeah healing. yeah yeah bowel incontinence is also common enough so at three months postnatal about one in three women can experience some of this bear in mind at three months you know you're still going to have natural resolution of things things will improve and I suppose I want to point out today that things are common we're not trying to scare people at all yeah. these things are common they will resolve and with the right help they will absolutely get better. So yeah, with the bowel, it could be that you just get um, less time from the moment you get that urge, you know, that call. Mm -hmm. You just don't get the same amount of time that you normally have. So it might be a case that when I get that urge, I literally know that I have to go to the toilet there and then. Or it could be that there could be just a little bit of soiling, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like staining in the pants, that type of thing. But can you imagine how distressing that is? Yeah, you have enough going on. You probably have spent about four hours trying to get out of the house and then when you do something like this happens completely I mean so distressing for women and 
what I what I find is they come into me and they say, "How did I not know you exist? How did I not know pelvic physio was even a thing?" I came in with my tracksuit bottoms, going, "I'm ready for physio," and I'm like, "Oh." No, you different actually, type yeah, of physio. Different type of physio. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Completely. What are some of the other um, issues people can encounter? Avi? Yeah. Well, I suppose today we're not going to focus on the abdominals too much, but um, you can get diastasis rectus abdominis. So that's like the gap between the six pack muscles, and we might focus on that another day. Okay. Okay. It's a little bit of a cosmetic thing, but painful sex is something that I would like to mention. Yeah. Because one in three women after having a baby will have painful sex, and actually, even before having a baby, I treat so many women with endometriosis who are having painful sex, or women who don't have endometriosis haven't had babies and are having you know painful sex that's stopping them being sexually active and I think that's something we should definitely talk about again because anytime we've mentioned endometriosis we have gotten in so many messages from women who have just been through the ringer and haven't known how to deal with it I think it's really important I said this earlier on for partners as well completely to talk a bit about this today and I know look as I said it's sensitive enough and I know it's lunchtime, but this is one of these things I know we're going to be glad we spoke about today. We're all already getting in loads of um, texts from people. But look, the most important thing is, Avine, you want to empower women, educate them. Yeah. There is treatment available yeah. for all of this. Yes, yes, yes. And I just think women are so used to keeping their private parts private that we just don't know anything about it. We don't know about our own bodies anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really want to do. You know, I say to women, OK, they, you know, why don't you use a mirror and have a look and see if you're able to do your pelvic floor exercises? And like, they look at me like I've said something way worse yeah I'm like what well, yeah what else can I compare this to but you know what I mean this is part of our bodies and we just need to have that awareness about it okay so um what are some of the most common things that you hear from women when they come in to you just for anyone who's listening who might be saying right okay it's it's maybe not that scary and it's it's not that uncommon what are some of the most common things that you so hear? after they've been yeah. kind of thing yeah well absolutely they're going oh my god I just wish I had known this yeah. sooner uh, you know I went for my six week check with my obstetrician and after that I felt like I was in an abyss I felt I was just in limbo it, at that point it does all become about the baby and you know you see photos on Facebook and whatever and it's like these you know beautifully made up mums looking like they've you know stepped off the front pages of Vogue and you know I think that expectation is really really tough on women mm-hmm. so it's actually going oh my god I didn't realise that other people were going through this yeah. and it reduces coming into me while you mightn't believe it reduces that level of embarrassment and you know it just they realise they're not isolated anymore yeah. so that's the big thing and you know they often say, I assumed I was actually the only person suffering with this yeah. or I assumed this was acceptable and this was just something I was going to have to put up with. Because in some cases they have mentioned it maybe to a doctor and the doctor is embarrassed. You know, mm-hmm. the first time I had to ask a woman about her, you know, sex life and her bladder and her vagina, I was mortified. So I do understand. Yeah, And, and like you said, you're a mum yourself, so you've been there. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, completely, Lauren. It's, it's just trying to... Um, Trying to normalise all of this. Yeah. yeah. Well, Avian, if people have any questions, um, we'd, we'll definitely direct people to you, but I really hope you'll come in and see us again. And as you said, endometriosis is something that's come up so much on the show. And um, there are many other reasons why sex can be painful for women. So that is something, again, yeah. we'll talk about. And maybe if, you know, there's some of it that we can't talk about on Lunchtime Radio, we might podcast afterwards. Sure, yeah. But thank you so much for coming in today. No, if people no, no. want to get in touch with you, I know you've been running a competition on your Facebook page. Yeah. What are the details of that? Yeah, so I am giving away a body after baby assessment because I kind of think that all women should have access to a body after baby assessment okay um, so on my Facebook page Avine McGreal so A-O-I-B-H-I-N McGreal M-C-G-R-E-A-L Physio Kildare uh, we're giving away 
two of these. The first one, actually, we have a winner for already because we said we'd announce it today. Okay. And that is Jen Conroy. So I'll be contacting her with her prize. And then the next uh, winner will be announced on Friday. So people can keep entering that competition. You've heard this today. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And we've tweeted out your details as well. Avian, thanks so much for coming in. As I said, I hope you'll come in again. Definitely. And if people want to get involved in the conversation today, I would love to hear from you. Maybe it's not necessarily something physical, but just the things that you wish you had known before you'd had a baby if you'd like to share some advice for other listeners listening in today as we said we don't want to scare people we want to empower women so get involved I'm on 087-711-1038 Thanks to Avian McGreal um, the physiotherapist who just came on there to talk about um, you know women's health and women's issues something she's so passionate about and like we said at the start it's not something we want to scare people about today is all about educating one another so that's why I'd love you to get involved in the conversation as well if you would have any advice for people who are listening in maybe who are thinking about starting a family or are expecting again it's just the things that maybe you wish you'd known in advance so look obviously Avian is coming at it from the physical side of things but there might be other things that you would like to talk about as well get involved 087-711-1038 Kirsten says on Facebook I wish I knew that jelly belly that you get for the first two weeks or so until everything swells down it's an awful feeling and like Avian said there's just so much going on and everything feels different but some of the things that are happening particularly downstairs, are so much more common than people realise. And as Avian Riley said, you know, so much, so much of it is about the baby and, and all the excitement. We can forget to take care of ourselves. Jenny says, it's the stuff that nobody tells you when you break your waters and expect you, they expect you to get back to your ward. Impossible unless I flooded the corridors the whole way back every time you move. Oh, Jenny. Um, Paul has been in touch as well because we did mention that this is something you know that partners need to be aware of as well or family members Paul says as, a ma- as men I think we need education too you're obviously aware things will be tender and sore for your partner but you don't know that it can change totally and that can be a- hard to adjust to especially when you don't have anyone to talk to about it as you don't want to upset your partner and that's a really good point to make Paul Sarah says I want to text this in as I feel it's not spoken enough about The most important thing after baby is to do your pelvic floor exercises. It has major impact on your sex life and going to the toilet. Also, bio oil from early on. My son is six and I have fierce problems with my pelvic floor. Have had to buy a Kegel. Um, That is what Avian was talking about, Jen. I think it's something that so many people experience and so many people, you know, don't talk about. And it's totally understandable if you want to keep it private. But maybe you're listening today and you're like, you know what? If there was one thing I wish I'd known before having a baby or maybe one thing that I could have been a bit better prepared for, that's what it would be. Let me know what that thing is. I'm on 087-711-1038. I'd love to speak to you. Really appreciate the messages that are coming in on this topic because I know it's a sensitive one. And I know Rachel has spoken to a few people that have texted in who are just a bit embarrassed maybe by talking about such matters so that's totally understandable we can of course change names that's never an issue at all but really appreciate the messages coming in because we're talking today just about some of the changes some of the things that happen after you've had a baby and some of the things that maybe you didn't realise would happen so we're asking you today what you wish you'd known and if you could go back and tell yourself or you could tell someone else now what would that be I'm on 087-711-1038 you can text or whatsapp and a few moments ago, I was joined in studio by Avian McGreal, who's a women's health physiotherapist. She's based in the Beacon and she has her own private practice in Newbridge as well. Um, just a bit about, Avian was talking about some of the issues that people come to her with. And she has found from talking to patients that often 
they're not asked by their own doctor how they're feeling, you know, how they are down there after having a baby. There might be some general questions, but, you know, when it comes to some of the things she mentioned, like incontinence or a pain having sex and, you know, other issues, they're not really discussed with doctors. And so it can be very embarrassing and it can just not really be discussed as a result. So she wants that to change. That's That's what she's very passionate about. And she wants to empower women with accurate information to understand their bodies. And also we were saying it's important for some men to know these things as well because it might be your partner who's had a baby. So it might be good for you to be aware of some of the things that happen. So if you could go back in time, what do you wish you had known before having a baby? Share your information today with others. There might be people listening who are expecting. We don't want to scare them. We want to inform them. Let me know. 087-711-1038. Jess has been in touch to say, I wish I knew how sore you are down there afterwards. I know that sounds so obvious, but I wasn't able to move really for days after and trying to care for a newborn makes it so hard. I remember being annoying that in all my classes preparing for you for birth, they never really gave you any tips on how to relieve the pain after giving birth. And of course, it's only when you think about it that makes so much sense that it's all the build-up to giving birth and maybe then it's like, the baby's here, everything will be wonderful and obviously all the focus is on that. What Avian is really passionate about is taking care of your body after having a baby. Keith says, when my wife had our first child, she was really emotional afterwards, which I wasn't prepared for. You expect newborn mums to be tired and stressed, but overall happy. She was very teary and weepy, and I just didn't know what to do to help her. I think dads should be made to do separate course on how they can support their partners. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I think a huge factor in that, as Avian pointed out, can be a lot of the stress surrounding some of the physical changes not necessarily just that I know there's loads of hormonal things happening as well but obviously if you're dealing with the stress of incontinence or other issues that's going to really upset you as well and being able to talk to that might make things a bit better Keith I really appreciate your message thanks so much Laura says my friends and I were just talking about prolapsed vaginas at brunch the other day one of my friends just had a baby and brought it up few of the girls never even heard of it and we're all in our early 30s and I'm glad we talked about it now I feel more prepared if I've ever had a baby. Um, Laura, I'm sure, like my friends, when you are in a circle, right, if you're in a group, you're out for dinner or whatever, um, there's those of us who haven't had babies who really don't have a notion what's going on. And then there's the few who've had the babies and they kind of give each other that knowing look and they nod as if to go, oh, they'll find out someday. Do you ever get that with your mates? Um, Get involved in the conversation today. I would love to hear from you, but I do appreciate it. It's kind of sensitive. So if you're more comfortable just sending a message, that's totally fine. I'm on 087-711-1038. Now, we've changed the name of this caller, as I promised we would. That's not an issue to Ava. Hi, Ava. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And thanks so much for coming on. Um, If your radio was on in the background, Ava, just turn it down a tiny bit, because otherwise it's going to annoy you. It's turned off. Okay. Um... Avian was talking about having a baby and some of the changes. Avian, this is something you've been through recently, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Was there things you didn't know about? They, well, it's not perfect. Yeah, well, there were, there's two things. I, I knew what a shell was, but I assumed there had to be blood. But there's actually your mucus plug, which is actually just like a jellyfish, which I passed. I thought I was an educated person, and I passed that, and I did not know what it was. But then the second thing I wanted to bring to people's attention is after the baby is born is having your first bowel movement and you're afraid if you have stitches. Oh. And uh, there. 
and, 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 that, and that one there. So I just would have thought people would need to know that and also that would go within your exercise, your muscle and being educated or just saying it out loud and talking about it. Yeah, and fair play to you, Ava, because as Avian was saying, there is so much information available. People can be embarrassed to ask, but also, as you said, you, you weren't told about it. And maybe, I don't know if sometimes health professionals feel because they see it all the time that it's just normal to them, but is it, was this your first baby? No, it wasn't. And the first one was very different as every pregnancy is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, yeah. So that, that's all it was. It was just um, the first one came a lot quicker and say easier. Yeah. But the second one, not that it was horrendous because it wasn't and it was very natural. But with regard to knowing about what your mucus plug is and what it should look like and then your bowel movement afterwards, if you have stitches and to not be afraid. But you go into the bathroom, you may be a bit afraid yourself and yeah, nobody yeah. has a said to you regard to how you push or don't push or how much pressure you put your body under to make sure that you are okay and safe Ava thanks so much for coming on really appreciate it okay thanks for taking the call good to speak to you today uh, fair play Ava and like I said this is one of those conversations that we were a bit like oh I don't know how this is going to go but I'm really glad that we're talking about it and I bet you um, there's even people listening going why is she talking about stitches why do people have stitches and that's the whole point of this conversation is just to, to share that information because yes stitches are a reality after you've had a baby sometimes not for everyone and again this isn't to scare people Sinead is next on the line hi Sinead hi how are you Lauren I'm good thank you very much and I really appreciate you coming on Sinead because you wanted to just share something that you've learned from having three kids yeah, basically that not everything's as straightforward as they make it out and everybody should prepare themselves. Not that it's going to happen to everybody, but prepare themselves for complications. You know, um, with my eldest, who's now nine, um, there was complications where my cervix just wouldn't open, it wouldn't dilate. So we ended up having to have an emergency section. And then likewise again with my son, who's now eight. So he was forceps which is basically where they have to help them out. Okay. And I have a four-month-old now, and I was diagnosed with a condition called placenta previa, where it's the placenta is down the bottom. But it got further than that to a condition called percreta. And not many people know about percreta, but it's quite common in women over 30 and women who have had C-sections before. So basically what that is is where your placenta migrates through your old scar tissue and attaches itself to the outside of your womb. And sometimes it can attach to your bladder and stuff like that, um, which causes major problems with bleeding and everything during it. Now, due to this condition, I ended up having my daughter 10 weeks early. Okay. She's fine. She's perfect now, thank God. And she's putting on all her weight and you know she's happy and laughy and everything else and she's brilliant but unfortunately due to the complications during her delivery I ended up having to have a hysterectomy Oh Sinead so, that must have been a lot for you to take It was yeah it was it wasn't easy at the time you know like it was a few months ago now so it is obviously a lot easier yeah. now and obviously having a happy healthy baby yeah. helps matters but, you know, it is a whole world then that's opened up. Like, she had to spend time in the NICU and stuff like that. 
and that was something I'd never looked into and to be honest I'd heard other people having their babies in the NICU and I'm like oh that's terrible and you wouldn't give it another thought you know that kind of way but it's the whole other world and medical jargon and not being able to hold your child when you want to and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. but again these are all horror stories and there's so many people out there that are blessed to have a happy normal delivery and everything else you know it shouldn't put people off at all but it is something that if they even get a whiff of having any sort of condition like that that they should educate themselves I wasn't aware until I was being told that I was being brought in for surgery that a hysterectomy was even on the cards you know um, because I wasn't aware of the condition I didn't know any of it you know that kind of way so It's the best thing anybody can do is just be informed. It's like anything. It's like Dr. Google. You look up anything, they're going to be terrified, you know. And it is wonderful, but it is also scary at times as well, you know. Sinead, well said. And thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Good to speak to you today. Um, Yeah, like we keep saying today is not about scaring people. It's just about you know informing and advising and it's really really good to hear everyone kind of stressing that point uh, you know at the end so thank you so much um, Ali joins me next on the line hi Ali hi um, Ali you have a sister apparently who tells you everything yeah she has no filter and she just filled me in on everything like that she knew so she had babies before you she too before me so she was pretty well up on it <laughs> you were ready to go you had all the information going in there Ali yeah, had everything, and then they threw a spanner in the works and told me I was to be sectioned. Okay. So she hadn't been through that, but like I was grand, but I just it, the guilt afterwards. Nobody tells you about the guilt afterwards that you feel that you didn't do it right, that you couldn't what deliver your baby. What is that about, Ali? I feel like so many women have said that before on the show, and there's this attitude like, who cares what way it comes out, the sunroof. Yeah, I feel like that now. Yeah. But after I was sectioned, I just, like, nobody was putting pressure on me or anything, but I just felt like I couldn't do it right. Like, yeah. there was, it wasn't happening for me. There was no way that she was going to come out. But with a section, they had to, because to get her out safely and for me as well. Yeah. And but then I went on to have two normal births. Well, normal, as they say. Um, but, like, nobody tells you about sections or diabetes or low-lying placentas, everything. Like, it's just everything gets thrown at you. <laughs> yeah. And like I was saying earlier on to Avian, the physiotherapist who was here, that, you know, it's it's actually not so scary once you talk about it. And even I was a bit apprehensive about some of the things we'd be talking about on air. And when you're actually having the chat on air, it's not so bad. It's no, just, you know, biology. It really isn't. And like, it's the best experience you'll ever go through in your life. Even though there is the bad, it's the best thing ever. Ah, Ali, thanks a million. Good to speak to you. No problem. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, Good to hear people opening up and talking today and just sharing a bit of advice. I love this one. It says, if you're not breastfeeding, make sure you have cabbage leaves in the fridge for when you arrive home from hospital. Now, I'm going to guess. Is that like to put on your boobs to cool them down or is it to stop? The flow of milk. I don't. I don't know. What is that? Can I have more information? I don't know what that's about. But it's. I'm guessing the cabbage leaves are for your boobs, right? When I had my second, said says another, I had a prolapse of bladder, bowel, and womb. Two weeks later, when I went to the hospital, I got told you've a healthy baby. What more do you want? 
had to wait five years for a repair surgery in a different hospital. I hated it so much, never felt the same again. Um, I've heard stories of people going to have surgery and I know surgery is something that can, you know, sometimes um, be necessary but there is also physiotherapists like Avine doing wonderful work and I don't know if we can direct anyone to Avine today or put you in touch with her, I would love if we could do that because sometimes, you know, surgery may, might not have to be the answer is all I'm saying. Um, so many messages are coming through on this. I'm delighted to hear from you today. So thank you so much. I'll do my best to get through a few more just after the ads. But if you would like to get involved, I'm on 087-711-1038. Okay, great to have your messages coming in on this topic today. So good on you. I'm on 087-711-1038. I've been asking you just to tell me about some of the things you wish you'd known before you'd had a baby. And we were talking particularly about the physical side of things today because earlier I had Avian McGreal in here who is a women's health physiotherapist. She's based in the Beacon. And this listener says, great talk this afternoon. I went to see Avian a few years back. No kids, no endometriosis, just unlucky with painful sex. I was about 25, 26 when I went in and I was very embarrassed, but she was amazing. I had never realised people like Avian existed back then, but very happy my doctor referred me. 31 now, I still do her exercises and it helps a lot. It's necessary to speak about these topics, so thank you for speaking about this today. Um, I'm really glad we did. It's like all those things. You know, there's days Rachel and I are like, will we talk about this? What if everyone's like, oh, turn off the radio? I know it's not easy, but I just feel that sometimes it's necessary, as our listener said, to have these conversations. And it's great to spread awareness about certain issues. And it's been brilliant listening to some of the women who've come on on to talk about, yeah, you know, the, the things that they've experienced. Ava, whose name we did change, to be fair to her, talked about her first poo after having a baby. And I just think, good on you, because... That's just something people don't talk about and it's really, really great. Uh, the Total Hormone Crash says this one that would cause you to want to cry non-stop for no real reason for three to ten days after, says this listener. Another says, I wish I'd known that midwives aren't necessarily lactation trained and that's trouble. Breastfeeding needs a lactation consultant for proper help. Having your boobs manhandled by midwives for little gain can be very frustrating. Okay, thank you for that. Louise says, you will cry a lot and that's Okay. I cried for a good six months. No sleep demanding baby, but I do love her. Oh God, the cabbage leaves. That's for boob pain. Oh, thank you. Someone texted in saying, if you're not breastfeeding, make sure you have cabbage leaves. I was like, for what? Like, I don't know. Apparently it's for your boobs. So thank you for that, uh, for that listener. It's for the boob pain. Like I've never experienced and I have no boobs, but they burned, swelled um, and the shower hurt. Oh God. Okay. Thank you for that, <laughs> for sharing your memories. Um, this one says not everyone feels guilty after having an emergency C-section oh yeah we'd spoken to Ali and she said she felt very guilty after having a C-section uh, this listener says not everyone feels that guilt I had one I didn't think for a second it made my experience any less or makes me any less, less of a good mum it's harder to go through 24 hours of labour than a section um, than people might realise oh yeah to be in labour and then to have a section absolutely our friends that have been in that in that situation cannot be easy Shirley says, I want to give new mothers a tip to help prevent having stitches. She says, I'm only five foot and I've had four children, never had a stitch. The hospital tell a woman to pant mid-delivery to turn the baby. Uh, you cannot bear down, if that makes sense, if you pant. A senior nurse told me this on my first and it really helped, especially that I knew the reason I was doing it. Okay, that makes no sense to me, but hopefully it will make sense to some people. Shirley, thank you very much for that. Deborah says, no one tells you Okay, sorry in advance for this, if anyone's having their lunch. 
No one tells you in advance how much you bleed after giving birth. It's horrendous and I was not prepared. And Ava had mentioned as well, it's not necessarily just blood. So thank you um, for sharing that, ladies. Dawn says, it's great that you're covering these issues and it's brilliant to get the information out there. Listen, I wish I could give you all the information. As I said, I don't know it, but that's why there's people like Avian and she will definitely come in and chat to us again. Um, Avian had mentioned the different types of incontinence and she said, you know, there's people who if you jump or you make a sudden movement, you sneeze, for example. And then she said there's also... Oh, I can't remember the word for it, but it's if you, if you, maybe your bladder is only half full, but you feel you need to go and you know where the toilet is, wherever you go, you go before you leave the house. This listener says, I'm the woman who knows where the toilet is and has to go before I leave the house. Something you worry about before you go out. After three children and one miscarriage, painful sex is the worst symptom for me. The pain is excruciating. I have said this to numerous doctors, but when you're overweight, that gets the blame for everything. It's great to hear this topic being talked about openly. Well, thank you so much. You're the one that makes it easy to talk about. Once we get the messages in, we know we're doing the right thing. So thank you so much. I'd be happy to direct anyone on to Avine today. We've tweeted out her details. We'll absolutely podcast our discussion later on. And as I said, she will be in studio with us again in the future. So thank you so much for getting involved. You make all the difference. 